Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. So the title of my message is uh, Trusting God During the Calm and the Calamity. And, you know, like we all know, trusting God is absolutely essential in Christianity. And so my heart in just just wanting to kind of go deeper in this um, subject is just that I, I want to grow in this personally. So I'm like, I want to trust God with all my heart when it's calm, when things are nice and easy around us, and when things get difficult. Like, I want to trust in Him. I want to cling to Him. And so this is kind of just my personal Bible study and dialogue with the Lord that I'm going to be sharing with you guys just um, just me going deeper in just this whole theme and this, just the importance of it. Uh, there's a quote by Stephen Covey I've written down here. Trust is the glue of life. It is the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It is a foundational principle that holds relationships. So I was just thinking about this and how just really trust is absolutely detrimental in relationships. And if you don't trust someone then you're always adding that person, and that's just not a healthy part of a relationship. And your lack of trust, whether it's with a friend, a spouse, um, a sibling, or kids, or whatever, your lack of trust in a relationship can be three different things, the cause of three different things. It could be that the person in the relationship is just not trustworthy. It could be that you just struggle with trusting or it could be number three a mix of both things the thing about with God though is that he is always trustworthy and there is no reason for us to feel like he's not or for us to, to doubt that and so whenever we have a lack in uh, our trust with God it's it comes back to us like what's inside why are we doubting what's going on with us that we can't trust him so a lot of struggles can be, you know, traced back to a lack of trust. And it's hard because we're not all knowing like God is. Like he is perfect. He sees the end result. I wish I had his vision for things and I could see the end from the beginning. And even a perspective of a mother, like now that I've had kids, now I can I have a different perspective because I've raised five of them now that I have an older kid who's 13, almost 14. And so I have a different perspective because I've kind of lived, lived a while longer than like I was when I was a younger mom. Now, God, he's lived a long time. He has just a totally different perspective of how he looks at things. And he sees the reason why we're going through this trial or this situation. And he knows it. And he, we don't understand why we're going through an affliction we're going through or what's going on, why we have to go through a dark valley. And it's fully, it's hard for us to fully grasp at that, but we have to believe that he is trustworthy even through the storms of life. And he is worthy of our trust. Caruso, as you were singing that song, like you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of glory and honor and power and praise. And he's also worthy of our trust. 
all of our trust, of us just saying, God, I trust you with every area of my life. So the definition of trust is a firm belief in the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. It's a person or thing in which confidence is placed. So we have we can trust in a lot of different things, but the, the pitfall of trusting in things like your own wisdom and money and strength and in power is that all that's going to fail. And the only thing that's going to last forever is Jesus, right? Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. If you guys have your Bibles, you can turn to Jeremiah nine twenty three. And go ahead and read that. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, nor let the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glories in this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. I love this because it it shows, you know, our tendency as human beings is to glory or boast in or put our trust in wisdom, might, and riches. So by the world standards, the world measures success by these three criteria, wisdom, might, and riches. Okay, and it's really easy to put our trust in those, those things, right? But the Lord is saying, but let him who glories, glories in this, that he understands and knows me, and that I am the Lord exercising judge, loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight. And so God says that, you know, all this, all this other stuff has no weight in my heart. It doesn't really matter to me but what matters to me what I believe is true success is if you know me and you understand me and that know who I am that I exercise loving kindness and judgment and that he is good and so that's my heart is just that we would be those people that that glory and knowing God and we desire that and that's what our main motivator in life is is just to seek to know him more and more every day because when we do seek to know him that's when we trust him. A couple quotes here. To know him is to trust him. And we can also we can only trust the God we know. So that's why it's so important to know God so that when we know him we actually it builds our ability to trust in him. All right, Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6. All right, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So I love how um, the word acknowledge there, in all your ways acknowledge him, that word actually means yada, which is in the Hebrew, that's the Hebrew word for acknowledge. And it means to know intimately. So here it's saying, in all your ways, acknowledge him, or know him intimately, and he will direct your paths. And so it's talking about trusting in the Lord, leaning on your own understanding, but in all your ways, know God intimately. And when we know God intimately, that is when trust, we can trust him. And so it's, it's, it's this understanding of seeking not just a, 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 you know, a human head knowledge of something, but it's to know him on a deep, on a deep level to spend time with him and dialogue with him in prayer and to just understand who he is and why he does the things he does. 
Psalm 9:10 says, "Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you." So again, like my my point is just those who know your name trust in you. Knowing God equals trusting God. All right, I'm going to share a dream that I had from 2020. And um, I'm going to kind of just tie it into this theme of trusting the Lord. In this dream, um, I was in this red, like beat up vehicle with a bunch of other people. And we're just, you know, moving around, moving along real nice and easy. And all of a sudden, I didn't, like, I, there was like a string attached to the car, the vehicle. And um, all of a sudden, that string went straight upwards. And we all in the car were like shocked and panicking and like, you know, grabbing hold of whatever we could so we wouldn't get flung out of the car. And in the dream, the Lord spoke to me, I am waking up my people in a way that they will not expect. And that was my dream. And obviously that is what happened in 2020, right? Was that what God did? He woke us up in a way that we did not expect. And I knew that also from the dream that I didn't see the person, but I knew that God was the one pulling that vehicle. And the reason why I want to share that is because, I, you know, just kind of tied into the whole trust thing. But why is it that God wants to wake us up? It says you just want to kind of produce a shock. Like, what is the, what's the purpose of, of him waking us up? And, um, you know, I believe that he doesn't want... He doesn't want us just to be like just comfortable Christians our whole life. He wants to teach us how to truly trust him. And when that car is being pulled, we have to cling to that car. He wants us to cling to him, to seek him out. And he wants us to be awakened, you know, to the hour we're living in and and to just be alert and and be prayerful and watchful. And uh, there's this verse that the Lord just highlighted to me recently. It's Ephesians 3 or 5.13. But everything exposed by light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated by it becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So from this, it's, why does God want to wake us up? It says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The reason why he wants us to wake up is because he wants to shine on us. He wants to shine on us so the darkness in us will leave, and then also so that we will be so bright that the darkness in others will leave. He wants us to be bright lights for him, and he wants, you know, he wants us to cause us to trust, even when he appears to be doing something that is unnerving, unsettling, um, something that seems a little bit out of control. You know, how do we trust a leader who shakes up our nice little calm life, like my dream? How do we trust someone like that? Like I said earlier, we trust him when we know him, when we know his desired goal, and when we understand what his vision is, his heart behind it, why, you know, why, well, sometimes we don't even know the why, but just if we just know who he is and um, in his heart, then that's how we can. And and if we knew the end goal of pain, I believe that we would be more open to inviting it in our lives. I know I don't. Like, it's something that I'm like, Lord, I don't want the pain. I'm trying to get there to, like, really, to want whatever he wants. But sometimes it's, it's it's one of those things that's just kind of a scary thing. But but sometimes God invites us into pain so that he can produce something inside of us that's fruitful. So he, we can be an inspiration to others. There's so many different reasons, you know, that God, you know, just disturbs us a little bit. But he's got he's got a goal. He's got a reason. 
and a purpose. And I believe that we're going to see and understand much more when we get to be with him. I believe that he's going to kind of lay it out for us. I want him to, at least to me, like, why did you do this? And I've got lots of questions. All right. So um, just transitioning to just talking about just the, you know, end times and persecution that's coming. Um, so like the reason why I titled my dream, you know, or my, not my dream, but my sermon, just trusting God, even during the calamity in life, you know, if we can't trust God during the calm, then how are we going to be able to trust him when things are going to be really shaken up? And I believe that we are living in the end times. I believe that there's darkness that is rising, but I believe there's a glorious bride that's rising up and that there's going to be a rise of darkness and light. And those, those two realities are going to merge together. And that there's going to be persecution coming. Like I've listened to a couple medical messages re- recently about persecution. And it's just kind of like, you know, kind of like wakes me up a little bit. Like, wow, this is really happening, you know. And, and I, I have a tendency when someone offends me or says something mean to me, I get offended easily. I'm like, Lord, like what's going to happen when persecution is real and there's not just one or two people making me feel sad? Saying, the, saying a bad word to me or mean things to me, but what if it's like multitudes of people or what if my life is in danger or what if they're saying mean things about my kids like that? So I just am trying to prepare myself like, Lord, like I can't have any ounce of offense right now when little things trigger me so much. So God, like do a deep work in my heart. And uh, I know that's just kind of my... What I've been going through, just I just don't want there to be, I just want to be fully forgiving, you know. So um, Bickle says this really good quote. I'm going to read it to you guys. Satan uses calamity to hinder our walk with God, but God uses it to enhance it. That's so good. Satan uses calamity to hinder our walk with God, but God uses it to enhance it. So as you can see, there are two different uh, intended goals from two different entities. Okay. And we have a choice. Are we going to listen to what the enemy is saying? You know, God has forgotten you or he doesn't really care. He doesn't really see, or are we going to believe that what the enemy intends for evil, God's turning this around for good and God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Like which reality are we going to buy into? And so God obviously wants to use that calamity in our lives, the hard times, to really enhance our relationship with Jesus, to make us cling to him. Okay, and so moving on, um, when I think of a man in the Bible, besides Jesus, um, who really trusted God um, in the storms, I think of Job. So you guys can turn to Job 1, or, or look it up on your phone. Okay, I'm going to read Job 1, 20 to 21, and then down to uh, chapter 2, verse 10. So this is after everything was taken from Job, just his house and his kids and just cattle, everything was destroyed. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I have come from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be your name, Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. 2 verse 10. And uh, so his wife says, Do you still hold fast to your integrity to curse God and die? But he said to her, You speak 
as one of the foolish women speaks, shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Okay, so I feel like the evidence that Job really trusted God, even in the storms, was what was his first response. First of all, he tore his clothes, shaved his head, and he fell in worship. He worshiped God. And he didn't necessarily worship that his whole family was destroyed, that his house was gone, his cattle was gone. He worshiped God. He turned his eyes from the problem, what was going on in the natural, and he just said, you know what? I'm just going to turn my eyes to Jesus, and I'm just going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And he had just such a humble response. You know, he fell on the ground. He understood that God gives and takes away that he he owns nothing of himself. That God is the God that gives and takes away. He understood that fully. He understood his fallen nature. That naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will, will depart. And he had just this understanding of just God's sovereignty in the situation. That God's trustworthy. Like he probably, he didn't know what was going on. But he just is like, Lord, you're blessed be your name. Like I don't, I would not probably respond like that. <laughs> Definitely not. So, um, I mean, if all that happened to me, I'd be like, what? Uh, I don't know. I'd just probably dig up myself a hole and cry myself to sleep or to die. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I'm just I'm just grateful for Job. He lived it so that we can have an example of how to live when things, when little, little bits of calamity touch our hearts, you know? So I'm just grateful that he went through this and he probably didn't think at the time, like this isn't worth it, you know, to be part of the Bible, but it is, it was worth it, I believe. Um, so, you know, um, he was the one that was able to truly bless God's name, even in the worst or most severe trial imaginable. You know, it's not our job to figure out why things happen the way they do around us, good or bad, you know, our job is to simply bless the name of the Lord and understand he gives and takes away. You know, we might not understand what's going on. We might not like it, and it's okay to wonder and ask questions. Like, that's, that's totally fine. That's, even Job did that. But first and foremost, our job is to focus on worshiping him. You know, there's so many things in my in my life currently that I battle or I have battled just as we started the GP hop, just all the fear and all the things that, um, go into just starting a ministry and uh, finances and just even with the birth of each kid that I've had, just all the fear and the, the, the stronghold of just getting over that and just trusting God. Um, and just even with, with Derek having long COVID and things like that and just trusting the Lord with every, every step of the way, you know, I'm, I'm like, I just want to trust the Lord that you blessedly be your name, God, you give and you take away in that circumstance and whatever you're going through. And so, um, I'm going to also share, um, Peter also came in to my mind about someone who trusted God in the midst of a literal storm, right? <laughs> so Matthew 14:29 says, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, so he said, come, I don't know if I just say that part. And he said, come, so got Jesus calling Peter, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat. He walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? 
Okay, so G- Peter's response to Jesus calling him to come walk on water. So his response to, to Jesus calling him was walking on water. Okay, so like Jesus called, Peter answered. So I wonder what we're regularly missing when we don't regularly come to Jesus. You know, do we respond when he calls? And we wouldn't even have that story in the Bible unless Peter made that one step of faith and and decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come to Jesus. And so we need to trust that when Jesus calls us to walk on water, that he's going to also save us out of the storm. Say that when we do start singing, he's going to save us out of that. And then he's also going to calm the storm around us. And so I just think that's, um, you know, Peter, he, he trusted. Obviously, his trust was brief. But it was still powerful. Like, I mean, it just he, if he didn't have any trust at all, we wouldn't have seen that at all, you know, in the, in the word. And so, um, but he also trusted enough to say, God, help me, like, help me out of this place. And so that's, the Lord did that. All right, we're going to go to Psalm 23 now. All right, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm just going to read a little bit. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Okay, so um, he leads me beside the still waters. That's what I kind of want to focus on. He restores my soul. Um, so I feel like not only how to deepen our trust in the Lord, like I've already talked about, was just seeking to know him. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's also surrendering to his leadership. And how does he restore our soul? It says, first he leads me, and then he restores my soul. So in order for us to have a, a restored soul, a restored mind, will, emotions, we have to let him lead us. We have to trust in his leadership, that he is our shepherd. We will not lack. And sometimes that leadership will involve us walking through a valley, right? He leads me, and then, then I walk through this valley. So like that's what just the Lord does, but he doesn't just keep us in the valley. He wants to take us through that valley. And then he wants to, then he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He wants to pour out um, oil upon our head and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this whole, whole um, chapter here, it really starts, uh, comes back to just letting God lead us in our lives. And that's how we're most fruitful. That's how we can know that he is with us in the valley. You know, a lot of us, um, you know, we want verses five and six, you know, the goodness and mercy to follow us, but we have to first just let him lead us and we have to trust in his leadership every single day. All right. I'm going to be closing here guys. So, um, Psalm 25, three says, no one who trusts you will be disgraced. So I know, I know that, um, we won't regret our choice to trust him our decisions every day just to trust him and our decision to like, let's seek to know him intimately. Uh, Trust is found on your knees. It's found when you cling to him. I'm going to just share a quick dream. Um, I've shared this before because this is one of the most significant dreams I've ever had, but I'm just going to share it real brief and kind of tie it into this, uh, this uh, sermon a little bit, but in the dream, um, I'm standing in front of this massive building. Jesus is on my right-hand side. I know in my dream that we are about to go up. Okay, just start, like, flying together. 
And, um, and for some reason in my heart, I'm like, that is terrifying. Like, I don't want that. Like, and I, so I was almost ready just to run away in fear, but something rose up inside of me and I took the hand of Jesus and I just said, I trust you, Jesus. And as soon as I, I grabbed a hold of his, of his hand, we just started going up and I saw the most amazing sights I've ever seen. I felt the most joy I've ever felt. I remember just laughing out loud in my dream, just seeing so much vibrant colors, feeling the joy of the Lord like never before. And I just really, I want to just share that with you guys. I feel like it's for you guys too, is that when we trust him, it enables God's hand to move. And it, when we trust him, it's an evidence of our faith. And that's what causes God to move. Trust requires um, and is an evidence of faith. And so, you know, when I just decided to not run out, run away in fear, I decided to let um, my hope and my trust prevail. I just trusted in the Lord. That's when we went up. That's when we saw amazing things together and, like, just the joy that I experienced. And so I know that that's what God wants us all in our relationship. He doesn't want us to be paralyzed in fear, stuck on the grounds, just worried our whole life. He wants us to take that step of faith. You know, say yes to him. Sometimes we keep Jesus in a box, and we like to keep ourselves maybe in a little box because it's comfortable. We don't necessarily want to step out, and but God wants us to. And I can tell you times where I've been the most nervous about things or worried, like, is this going to work, have been just the most rewarding for me, just even with starting the house of prayer with each child I've had, like that's pretty scary, with even volunteering at um, OSF and the pastoral care department and then therefore seeing many people come to know Jesus, even being a nurse, just taking that step of, because I was pursuing another career path and just taking that step of becoming a nurse and just the fruit I've seen from that. And so I can, all these like things I think back of, of the, the, the times in my life where I've had the most anxiety or worry about something, and I've just given it to God, and I've just said, Lord, I, I feel this is your path, and I trust you. It's been the, some of the most fruitful times of my life, um, or decisions that I've made. So I'm going to end with a quote, you guys. I don't know who said this, but this is good. When God pushes you to the edge of difficulty, trust, fully, trust him fully, because two things can happen. He'll catch you when you fall, or he'll teach you to fly. I just love that. He'll catch you when you fall, or he'll teach you to fly. And so let's be willing to make those mistakes, those risks, and step out of the box and just say, I trust you, Jesus. You know, if, if something fall, if, if we fall flat on our face, guess what? He'll catch us, or he'll teach us to fly, you know? And so it's going to be worth it. And so... I'm up here just as much as you guys. I want to grow in this. So I'm going to close this in prayer, just praying over ourselves, just for greater grace to trust him every day. So there's oranges. <laughs> Sorry, he, I, my son just asked. He said he's hungry. I don't know if Derek knew there's a little bag of snacks. Okay. All right, Jesus. We just thank you, God that you are trustworthy. Lord, and we just declare tonight, we trust you. We trust you with every area of our life, God. Would you just help us to continue to cling to you, to put our hope and trust in you, even when difficulty arises around us, God.
we ask that you would help us to just deepen that trust that we have, Lord, every day, that we would wake up in the morning, say yes to you, that we would wake up and keep pressing on and pushing forward. We thank you for the plans and purposes that you have for each of us here. We thank you that you want to teach us to fly, that you have such great, um, amazing things in store for us. And Lord, we just pray that you would just continue to help us to see how trustworthy you truly are, that we would know you intimately, God, that we would understand your ways, we'd understand just who you are in a greater way and your heart for us, that we would know your love, that that would be such a confidence that we have, Lord, that we would know the love of God greater and greater. Lord, would you just open our eyes to see you and to understand even more just kingdom realities, to understand that this life is but a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow, and eternity is forever. Lord, we want to live for you, Jesus. We just pray grace every day. When we're tempted, when we're tired, when we're discouraged, Lord, give us grace to keep on going and pursuing you. We thank you that, that we are the joy that was set before you, that we are the reason you, did, you endured that cross. We are the ones that you love. And we just ask that you would be that joy that's set before us as well, God, that, we, that you would be the ones that, that you would be the one that we desire and long for. You would be our, our precious possession, our, the lover of our souls. We just thank you so much, and we just pray, would you deepen our trust in you, God? In Jesus' name, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.